Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Blue Jays lose their season opener in 11 innings, 3-2 in Baltimore. Mark Trumbo, a walk-off homer in the bottom of the 11th. NHL tonight, 3-1 Toronto leading Buffalo in the third. Also in the third, Ottawa and Detroit tied 2-2. The Canadians and the Panthers are tied 1-1 late in the second period. Women's World Hockey Championship, Canada hammering Russia 8-0 today. Uh, Canada 8, Scotland 2 at the Men's Worlds. Canada just hitting the ice against the United States. You heard Morley Scott with the update there. Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, telling me that, uh, I just want to get this in here quickly, Warren Mulvey, that The Undertaker has retired. In case you're wondering why we're talking about morticians on the show, apparently The Undertaker, a professional wrestler. Oh, you knew that, didn't you? I did did know that. Apparently it's a big deal that he retired. Finally retired. He's been wrestling a long time. Well, I said to Dave, all right, so he had some undefeated streak at WrestleMania, which ended, I think, two or three years ago. Yeah. And he lost yesterday to a guy named Roman Reigns, who who I believe briefly was in Edmonton Eskimos camp a few years ago, wasn't he? Oh. Uh, So The Undertaker, 52 years old, he was still wrestling. And uh, his all-time WrestleMania record was uh, 23-2. and two. Was he one of the most popular wrestlers of the last 25 years? He must be to keep going that long. Oh, yeah. Who else was big? That's been around that long? The Heartbreak Kid? Shawn Michaels, was that his name? Yeah, but, oh, okay, now I'm not... Well, Bret Hart. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's been kind of out of it for a while now. The he Rock? Has... He the was Rock. pretty big, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Steve Austin? That's all. That's all I can name. Oh, uh, what's that other guy? Hulk Hogan. Batista. Oh, Dave Batista. Yeah, he's like he's in. Uh, isn't he the one that's in Guardians of the Galaxy? That's right. Yeah. And I think he was in the last James Bond movie too, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. He he was he ever the champ? I I don't watch anymore, but I, I there are several professional wrestling fans here at work, so I feel like I learned things through osmosis. So when I saw Dave today, I was like, and he was tweeting about WrestleMania last night, so I was like, well, I better pretend that I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can always text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. So the Oilers are two points behind Anaheim for first in the Pacific Division. They're two points ahead of third place San Jose. Tomorrow, the Oilers will visit the Kings. Our coverage will start at 7 on 630, Ched. Anaheim will play Calgary, and San Jose will play Vancouver. The Oilers with a game in hand on Anaheim, San Jose, and uh, Calgary 
Obviously, the Oilers are in the playoffs. They're pretty much in the top three in the division, though Calgary could still, if both Calgary and San Jose passed them, they'd get bumped down to a wild card. But Edmonton's looking good there. Uh, Edmonton looking fairly good to get home ice in the first round. Still a little bit of work to do. But yeah, quite a run for the Oilers lately. 9-1. and one. Cam Talbot continues to be strong in net. Named the NHL's third star of the week for last week. He's also tied Grant Fewer for the most wins in a single season by an Oilers goaltender with 40. Honestly, the personal accomplishments don't mean nearly as much as uh, where we are in the standings right now and, and what we're fighting for. Um, the personal stuff is, uh, to me, just kind of put on the back burner. It's, it's a nice little bonus to to be personally acknowledged, but uh, for the most part, I'm just happy with uh, what we've been able to accomplish this year and, and just proud of the guys in this room. Corey Perry's got a breakaway down the middle of the ice. Shoots! Save made by Cam Talbot. Another game-saving stop for Talbot, who's made two of them. He's a great guy in the room. Um, you know, he's uh, you know someone that everyone loves being around. Um, he's a great team guy, a great leader. Um, you know, and he's someone that we love playing for, I think. Um, that's uh, one of the best parts about him is uh, you know he's someone that we all want to battle for. Work free to Martinez. One-timer up top. Kick save made by Talbot. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot. Save Talbot. Rebound. Top of the blue paint. Wrist shot. Martinez. Save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the net. 12 seconds. Wrist shot. Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot who freezes the puck. All right, Talbot's big week, three wins. The Oilers actually won four games last week. Brassois was the winning goaltender for the other one. They have won five in a row and nine of their last ten. And Anaheim hot as well. Eight, oh, and three are the Ducks in their last 11. So two of the hottest teams in the league right now. Leafs still up 3-1 on Buffalo. In case you missed the start of that one, Buffalo, or uh, pardon me, Toronto got three goals on their first five shots. Three goals in a span of 43 seconds, including Austin Matthews getting his 39th, and he gets his 67th point, most points ever by a Leafs rookie. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Ray on the line. Hello, Ray. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, i just like to talk to you about wrestling there. You mentioned the taker. Okay, okay. we could do a quick wrestling call, sure. Honest to gosh, he, he was the most popular wrestler ever. There's no one that's got a record like that, man. And to finish the way he did it, 52 years old, did you see what he did, how he performed? Well, I, I didn't. Oh, Is he still pretty athletic? I'll tell you what, he was. You want to believe it. Hey, it's to sell, and he could sell it. He had the, he had the speech, he had the, the, the moves. He was just good. It's not, it's, it, everyone seems to think it's, it's entertainment. The guy was a classic. Well, that was quite a character because he played like that was his character the whole time, right? Like, was he very like dark and yeah? He was fifty-two years old. Think about that. You watch WrestleMania. What he did at fifty-two years old, how he performed there. I couldn't do that at fifty-two. Not a chance. So was this was this the headline match, him and Reigns? No, it wasn't. Uh, The headline match was Goldberg and uh, uh, what's his name, Uh, the UFC fighter there. uh, Oh, the big guy. Uh, everybody hates him. <laughs> okay. But he was, uh, that was the big one. But Goldberg got beat too. Goldberg never been beat. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, that's it. I'm sorry. I okay. watched this too because my son is a huge fan. Like he just watched all the time. But it's not, it's not the stories. It's not, people seem to think, oh, well, it's not, not real. It's not, well, sure it isn't real. But the ones that sell it, that looks like it's real, like people were talking about, oh, he did break what's his name's arm. Oh, he really did. Oh, he did. <laughs> 
but he sold it. You got to have the character, right? That's what it's all about, for sure. Got to have the talk. He was out. My son was in Miami. He went to it. Eh? He was talking to Jericho. Jericho would talk with talk was hockey. <laughs> well, Jericho's Jet from Winnipeg, fan. right? Yeah, he's a Jet fan. Yeah, but and he he's the Oilers are doing great. He says, what they're doing is really good. So he said they're cold because my my boy's a, a big Oiler fan. Right on. Well, it's a good time to be an Oilers fan. Ray, thanks yeah, for your thanks for your insight, buddy. I want to tell you one more thing. Okay. Take hockey, baseball, playoffs, football, soccer, all the playoffs, the game playing all that same night, and just one WrestleMania is three times more audience than all those put together. Yeah, they get big crowds for that for sure. You thanks, Ray. It, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, bye. All, right. all right, that's Ray checking in. Big uh, big fan of the Undertaker. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six. That's cool because again, I have a very minuscule knowledge of pro wrestling. I just get it from Twitter and and hearing people talk. It's been a long time since I actually followed it, like probably since I was seventeen. So two years ago, uh, you can also text us at six thirty six thirty. Anyway, I I mentioned earlier I I, I did some research. Because I started thinking on, on Saturday night after the game, Rob and I had a surprisingly number, a surprisingly high number of calls. At least I was surprised uh, about the officiating in Saturday's game. And, and I will say that personally, and, and maybe you have a different opinion, and that's fine. I thought the worst call in that game actually went in favor of the Oilers when Eves was given the delay of game penalty for for knocking the net off. To me, that was probably just an incidental play. Uh, And don't forget, the Oilers were given a power play down a goal with less than three minutes to go. Now, was it a hook? Sure, but I mean, that's that's obviously was beneficial to them tying the game because they scored on the man advantage. Uh, You know, I know Connor McDavid got hit pretty hard by Lindholm kind of from behind along the boards, didn't knock him into the boards, didn't cross-check him. It was more of a push. If anything on that play, to me, maybe you could have argued interference if the puck wasn't quite there yet. But I'm going to tell everybody something here, and I I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm... talking down to anybody because I think it's something everybody realizes but maybe you don't want to admit or, or you're hoping somehow it can be avoided. Maybe maybe that's a good way to put it. Connor McDavid exciting to watch. The Oilers were so lucky to get that win in the draft lottery. I mean he's a great player, probably going to win the Hart Trophy. Everybody's having fun watching him. The team is finally doing well and hopefully we're in for 15, 18 years of Connor McDavid being one of the best players in the league. But I think we all have to accept that that's going to be 15 to 18 years of Connor McDavid being targeted by the other team, legally and illegally at times. And that you have to hope that the plays that are infractions are called. And you obviously hope that there isn't an injury situation. You have to have the hope that, you know, the Oilers have players who can be aggressive and physical themselves. But teams are trying to do to Connor McDavid what many of you wanted the Oilers to do to star players on other teams, especially over the playoff drought years. You know, I can can remember a call last year from a guy after a game who was just so irritated that the Oilers didn't go out and hit Johnny Goudreau. Well, just go out and hit him. And Rob Brown said, well, if he was that easy to body check, he would be body checked and he wouldn't be able to play in the league at five foot seven. But I mean, you're always the other, the best players on the other team 
are going to be targeted, and th- and that will never end. Now, the Oilers have to have guys who can do something about it, and they also have to have guys who can initiate that sort of play themselves against good players on the other team. But I, I just went back and I thought, let, let's look some stuff up here. Warren, do you remember a basketball player by the name of Michael Jordan? Yeah, I may have heard of him. So Chuck Daly, who's now passed away, coached the, uh, coached the Detroit Pistons when they had a big rivalry with the Chicago Bulls. And remember, the Pistons won a couple of championships and knocked the Bulls out of the playoffs, and then Chicago finally got over the hump and went on their big run. And the Pistons actually had something called the Jordan Rules, which was here's how we defend Jordan. It involved things like double-teaming, trying to force the ball you know, trying to force him to a certain side of the court, trying to force the ball to other players. I also found this quote from Chuck Daly on the internet. The other rule was, anytime he went by you, you had to nail him. If he was coming off a screen, nail him. We didn't want it to be dirty. I knew some people thought we were, but we had to make contact and be very physical. So there's the coach of the Pistons saying, you know what, that was part of our strategy. Put a body on Michael Jordan. Try not to commit a foul, but maybe, you know, I think basically they were probably in the dressing room. They'd be like, you know, the odd foul is worth it on Jordan if we give him a bump or we make him think about driving the lane or going after that rebound or going in. Maybe he pulls up and shoots from 10 feet instead of dunking. One of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history was 2001 when the uh, Patriots knocked off the heavily favored St. Louis Rams. Marshall Falk, you probably remember him, was an incredibly dangerous all-round running back for the Rams. I found online a, uh, a preview for the 2002 season, and ESPN analyst Merrill Hodge wrote about the Super Bowl that had happened a few months prior. He wrote, The Patriots covered Falk and occupied him out of the backfield. They got into his head early in the game. They hit him, chipped him, knocked him off his patterns and broke his rhythm. While he finished with 130 total yards, Falk never really got into the game, even when the Rams called his number. When the ball was snapped, Falk got tattooed, whether he had the ball or not. And I remember reading about that after the game. The Patriots' game plan for Marshall Falk they had a, a guy on the scout team wear one of those little beanies, and it was that Falk. And it said, if he's pass blocking, don't go for the sack on Warner. Go hit Falk. If he runs out into a pass pattern, give him a little chip. Give him a little shot. Again, targeting the best players. Sometimes bending the rules. And then I looked up a guy named Wayne Gretzky, and next to his name I googled Neil Sheehy who irritated Gretzky, especially in 1986 when the Flames wound up upsetting the Oilers in the playoffs. I found a quote from a 2009 interview that Sheehy did with Sportsnet's Jim Toth. Sheehy said, The way Gretzky played, there was no use standing in front of the net. I went straight for the corner, and every time the Oilers rimmed Gretzky the puck, I'd drive him right into the boards. Of course, you had to make sure and hit him clean, because everybody knew the league protected Wayne. That's his point of view. She also said, I always enjoyed yapping at guys, and when Gretzky started to yap back, that's exactly what we wanted. It became big news because when a great player is talking, he's not as focused on the game. Uh, And, of course, it was earlier in that season, Gretzky had made noise about possibly banning fighting. Sheehy also said this, Gretzky was always accusing me of turtling when one of the Oilers' big guys came after me. So I'd say, which is it, Wayne? First you say nobody should fight, and then you get mad when I don't. It drove him up the wall. 
It's been going on a long time. It may not always be pleasant now for you as Oilers fans to watch, but it's also not going away. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, that uh, NCAA championship game is underway. 5-2 North Carolina, two and a half minutes in over Gonzaga. This is Inside Sports on 630 Channel. I'll give you all your NHL scores in a few minutes here. Canada, three in the first end against the United States. Great start for Gushu at the Men's World Curling Championship. Today. Well, they're already 4-0. Great start in tonight's game. All right, we have Luke on the phone line. Hello, Luke. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Super duper. What's on your mind? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, just um, about uh, talking about Connor there and uh, possible playoff um, stuff that could happen to him. I'm. Uh, it's definitely my one of my biggest fears. I would say um, that something could happen to him. I'm. I'm glad. And like, it, it doesn't seem like anything's happened to him so far this season, too, which is good. Like, I'm sure he's targeted and all that stuff, but uh, I think we have guys that will protect him down uh, if it comes down to it, which is good, and I think teams recognize that, so it's, uh, it's definitely good. And the one other thing I was thinking, too, you said um, a little bit ago that we got, like, maybe 15 to 18 years of Connor, hopefully. Well, I was just spitballing, but sure, hopefully. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And I, I was just thinking, too, like, how, how much better is this kid going to get? Like, he's 20. He's, like, a 20-year-old kid. And, like, there's there's still tons of room for him to grow and get bigger and get faster even, which is kind of hard to believe. But I guess it's possible. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Crosby's still playing great. I mean, so oh, the, yeah. the, the good guys do it for a long time. I went back and looked at uh, the I, – I was looking at some stats a few months ago. I actually did a little segment on the year. A lot of guys have their best offensive seasons in terms of total points before they're 25, but okay. they become better all-around players, you know, as they continue into their late 20s and 30s. So he could have his best statistical season maybe when he's 22 – but he's still dangerous and maybe better in all areas of the ice face-offs as he gets older, right? Yeah, for sure. Luke, thanks for listening, okay? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. That's Luke checking in, 780-496-0063. If you're irritated about decisions made by NHL officials, oh, what about some golf officials on the weekend? I don't know if you heard this story. At an LPGA major, a golfer was penalized for something that happened the previous day. And it was a television viewer that pointed it out. We'll get into this absurdity when we get back. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Oilers and Kings tomorrow. Bit of a late one. 7 o'clock face-off show. Game will start at 8.30. Same times for the broadcast on Thursday when the Oilers play the Sharks. Then a home-and-home for the Oilers to close out the regular season against Vancouver on the weekend. Can finally say the regular season and not just the season because they are going to the playoffs. Three NHL games tonight, all in the third period. Toronto leading Buffalo 4-1. Senators and Wings tied 4-4. Montreal is up 2-1 on Florida. Curling, 3-0. Canada leading the United States. They're playing in the second end at the Men's World 
over uh, men's worlds over at Northlands Coliseum. Women's World Hockey Championship, Canada pounds Russia 8-0, Shannon Zabados 17-save shutout. The Orioles beat the Blue Jays 3-2 in 11 innings. The uh, NCAA Basketball Championship game, seven minutes in, Gonzaga leading North Carolina 14-12. NHL saying that it will not be going to the Olympics in 2018. We'll see how that develops. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Also Cam Talbot named the third star of the week for the NHL. He's at 40 wins. He can pass Grant Fuhrer's single season record with one more victory. So we were talking a little bit about NHL officiating in the last half hour. We're going to talk about officiating, sort of, right now with Lauren Rubenstein, longtime uh, accomplished golf writer. He just wrote a book with Tiger Woods, and we'll talk about that, Lauren, as we move along. Welcome to the show, man. How you been? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's always uh, great to have you on the show. I, 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 you know I love talking the golf. We do this two or three times a summer. I didn't think we'd be discussing this this week, though. Just to let people know what happened if they haven't seen it already, Lexi Thompson was leading... Uh, the LPGA uh, event yesterday, major championship. Uh, she was approached on the 13th hole and was told basically that she had been assessed a four-stroke penalty and was now no longer in the lead. And this was because of something that happened on the 17th hole on Saturday and was pointed out by a television Viewer, And it was basically that she didn't replace her ball to the exact spot after marking it on the green. Lauren, how the heck does this happen? <laughs> well, I mean, they need to find a way, and they haven't successfully found a way yet, the ruling bodies, to change this rule that outsiders watching on television can call in up until the tournament uh, is over. And until they do that, um, these kinds of things, they've happened before, and... Uh, they're going to continue to happen. Uh, I hope they'll find a way to deal with it. But, you know, once that viewer called in and once the rules officials checked it out on the video, um, they really had no option but to tell Lexi there in the middle of the back nine and to assess the penalty. The rule is the rule. Um, and what is wrong with the rule is, you know, the rule is fine, but it's the problem of people calling in. Uh, and they, they just haven't been able to deal with that. They haven't addressed that yet. And, and I don't know if they will. So it, it actually explicitly states in the rules of golf that an infraction can be pointed out by literally anyone. It does. It can be pointed out right up until the end of the competition <laughs> on the Sunday. You can't, for example, call in on the Monday and say you saw something on the Saturday because the tournament is closed, which, you know, it's a bit you know silly, that part of it, because you can call on the Sunday as this viewer did, and report something that he saw on the Saturday. But you can't call on the Monday and report something you saw on the Saturday because the tournament has been declared um, complete, finished. Checks are handed out or gone into the player's bank's account and so on, bank accounts and so on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, because golf is played on a field of 150 acres or more, it's not, it's not a hockey rink, it's not a baseball time or a football stadium. You don't have officials out there with everybody. And... Um, you know, they've, they've almost encouraged viewers to call in, and it's happened uh, a number of times in very high-profile situations. And uh, it'll, it's going to continue to happen. It's, not, it's very unfortunate, um, especially for Lexi, obviously. And, and it's also unfortunate for So Young Ru, the winner, who, after all, birdied the last bowl. She had a great shot there over the water and got up and down for birdie. And um, she's a class player. She hasn't finished out of the top ten since September, and now she's ranked, I think, 
um, you know, right up to number one in the world. But anyway, you know, it's too bad it's going to detract from what she did. But you're right, it was really Lexi's tournament to win. It should never be up to somebody calling in. But there are people out there, and uh, just like there are people who look for mistakes you might make on your broadcast or I make an article, there are people who love pointing these things out, and uh, that's what happened here. Well, I, I, it just, and I'm sure most people, I mean, I'm getting some texts, and I'm going to read a couple to you as we, we move along. It, it's, I mean, here's the thing, Lauren, like, I, I've been watching golf majors, well, golf, but I always watch the majors, especially on the men's side. Since I was, like, six, I wouldn't even know where, like, is the number just online? Is the email just on their website now? Like, hey, if you see a rules infraction, send it. Like, it just, like, where, how do people even know how to reach out well, to the LPGA? You know, yeah, you're right. I'm not sure that I would know either, but there is, a, you know, there's an LPGA general email, and uh, it's not that hard to find if you dig around a little bit. I saw it today. I forget what it is, but oh, if you want to do that or you want to call in to the golf tournament, and if they'll probably connect you to the right people. It's uh, it's not that difficult if, that, if you're so inclined. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, and just to, I, I, I didn't clarify where the four strokes came from. She got two strokes for incorrect ball replacement and then two strokes for signing an incorrect scorecard. Right, and uh, actually a couple of years ago, until a couple of years ago, she would have been disqualified right there, which would have been horrible on the 13th fairway when the rules official came up there. Um, but they've made an exception to the rule, if, if, to that rule from two years ago, uh, that if a player uh, signs for a wrong scorecard, but did not know he or she was signing for a wrong scorecard. In other words, they didn't know about the penalty um, that should have been applied. Then they just get a two-shot penalty. So, and then, the, as you say, the two-shot penalty for um, moving the ball uh, for being in the wrong place. Um, so, I mean, there really wasn't much the officials can do. It's not like they can uh, say we're not going to do anything about this. This has happened. They got to check it out, and then they have to apply the rule. But they, what? The, officials did, the officials did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. The rule itself right. that people can call in is wrong. I mean, they talk about protecting the field and so on and so forth, and that's a bit of a red herring also because it's obviously only the players who are really on camera all the time that are getting watched all of the time. You know, there's 144 players or whatever out there. And there's probably things that go on all of the time inadvertently, just as Lexi Thompson's. The infraction was inadvertent, but, uh, you know, it's the people on television uh, because they're playing well or because they're high-profile players, and uh, somebody wants to watch them with their eagle eyes see something. And, uh, you know, I like what Paul Goyo said, the PGA Tour player. He's now on the champion, the senior tour. He said that this rule is basically broken almost every time somebody marks the ball. Right. Um, it's, not, it's not humanly possible to mark a ball in exactly, exactly the same way. But in this case, you could notice that there was a space between her ball and the marker that didn't exist when she first marked it. So it's what just, are you going to do? It's really too bad. I know. Well, and you know, somebody texted in, uh, to your point, saying not every player and or shot is recorded. Huge disadvantage to the higher-end players or popular players who are on TV more. That, that's a great point there. That's but, true, sure. But I, I just, and Lauren, I, 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 know, I guess I know the answer is the rule is the rule, but why can't there be some sort of judgment where the officials can look at that and say, okay, you know, she got a little mixed up, didn't place it, but there was no advantage gained. Why can't there be, like, a judgment like that? That's one, one thing that's been addressed in the modification to the rules that were announced recently, and in 2019, that's going to that's gonna go into effect. In 2019... 
assuming all of these proposals go through, and I'm sure the majority will, especially this one, then um, because this was completely inadvertent and she gained no competitive advantage, she won't be penalized. But, you know, I didn't ha- ha- uh, help her yesterday. It should have been done a long time ago because this has happened enough, especially with people having, you know, I mean, you can, you know, you want you, your DVR, you can look at it a thousand times and, and notice something. High-speed cameras or powerful cameras out there, you notice things that you would have never noticed before that would not have been noticeable before. Um, but I think, I think one thing they could do um, uh, even before 2019 is to say that um, once the player has signed the card or at the end of play that day, not necessarily the end of play of the tournament, then you cannot call in the, the day's play is official and, and that's it. So if somebody calls in Sunday or Saturday, then it just doesn't work. It's too it late. Won't be, it won't be legitimate, yeah. You know, it's interesting on our text line here, actually, and I'm, I thought everybody would kind of be like me, thinking it's crazy, but this texter says, what does it matter who calls it in? If she broke the rule by putting her ball back in the wrong spot, then she should be penalized. Another texter says, how far away was the ball placed from where it was marked? Like less than an inch, well, maybe, Well, that's Lauren? right. It's, you know, it doesn't matter who calls in. I mean, it doesn't have to be a rules official. It can be somebody just sitting there watching, and that's apparently what it was in this case. Her ball, you know, I mean, she only had about a 12-inch putt. Why she just didn't go ahead and putt out without marking it? I think the problem was she putted. She put her coin down to the side of the ball. Normally, players put their coin down behind the ball. She put it to the side of the ball. Then when she replaced it, either she forgot that she put it to the side of the ball or who, who knows what was going through her mind. Uh, and then she replaced the ball in front of the coin. And then you could notice something different than when she had um, replaced it the first time. And that was the problem. And that was very evident. I mean, it was hard to say half an inch an inch, um, but that was very apparent. Apparent. It was an infraction, and and they had to call it. Lauren Rubenstein joining us. Uh, Lauren, thanks for talking about that. I, I do find it. I do find it fascinating. Uh, you got a book out, the 1997 Masters. My story, Tiger Woods with you, is how it's officially uh, labeled. What was it like working on this project with Tiger? It was great. You know, getting to know Tiger. You know more than, you know, you would get to know him and just as a journalist, and uh, it was it was fun just sitting there with him, talking about the book, talking about his memories there, looking at video of the 97 Masters, and just kind of digging in to uh, his memories and uh, what he thought about that, and how he's, there's a couple chapters in there on how he sees the changes in the game since then, and how he changes the, the changes in Augusta National, back then they called it Tiger Proofing, and the things they did to the golf course, so you know, for me as a longtime golf writer, I've always enjoyed just getting into the hits of the top players. And, you know, having done books with Nick Price, and then I did Mike Greer's book after he won his book, my book, but it was about the 2003 Masters. Uh, and it's just fun. Fun just, you know, digging in and talking about swing ideas, different shots that they hit, shots that you couldn't hit anymore or that Tiger couldn't hit or anybody couldn't hit because of the equipment, changes in the ball, that sort of a thing. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was, it was a lot of a lot of fun, and uh, I feel like I learned, I learned a lot just being around him. I mean, obviously, he's not uh, he's not playing this week. He's he's been battling the injuries. W- was that part of your d- dialogue a- at all? I mean, did you get a sense of uh, you know if when well, he's going to be able to done. come back? Not really. The no. book was done a few months ago, completed. Okay. You know, okay, way back in August, and you know everybody anticipated he would play. He really wanted to play, but. And he signaled that by playing in a few tournaments or trying to play in a few tournaments uh, around the turn of the, of the year, but it didn't work out. And uh, here he is now. He still wants to play. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's, I wouldn't believe he's done until he says he's done. All right. And before I let you go, 
You've been very, you're very generous with your time as always. The Masters starts on Thursday. I think the practice round got uh, range shortened today. There's an interesting Edmonton angle with Dustin Johnson being with Paulina Gretzky and uh, Wayne's been around the Oilers a lot more this year, which has been cool. Is is Dustin Johnson your your favorite, or, or how do you look at this field going in? Yeah, he's got to be the favorite coming in. You know, having won three of his four last three in a row, and I think it was a second or close to that right in the tournament before. And he's just so powerful, and he's really honed in on his short game. Uh, he's got his distance down with all of his wedges. He's just got to be coming in with so much confidence. But I mean, there've been a lot of favorites who come into the, to Augusta and don't win. But uh, he's got. I agree with him being the favorite right now. I wouldn't put anybody in golf as a five to one favorite. I mean, Tiger was that little favorite also. But you know what they say? They say, is anybody is Dustin um, likely to win this tournament? No, he's not likely to win it. But he's more likely than any other player to win it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. When there's a hundred guys or whatever it is in the field, right? right? <laughs> so it's hard right. to say one guy is likely. Lauren, thanks for uh, explaining that that situation with the LPGA. It's always great to get your insight. And I know we're going to be doing this again throughout the golf season, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, Reed. Take care. Enjoy the week. Bye bye. Lauren Rubenstein. And again, the book is. The 1997 Masters, My Story, Tiger Woods with Lauren Rubenstein. Inside Sports on 630 Ched, you can text 630-630. You can uh, call 780-496-0063. One texture says, aren't there people on the greens or to the side of the greens watching for this? Shouldn't they have dealt with this? Yeah, there are. there's usually at least one rules official walking with especially the leaders in a tournament, and she was the leader that probably wouldn't have been visible to the naked eye, so TV picks it up, and there you go. Uh, Another texter says, the signing for the wrong card and getting a two-stroke penalty is BS. Penalize her before she signs in. And I think, to me, that's part of the issue, too. I mean, yes, technically, well, not technically, she did break the rule. The ball was not back in the right place on a short putt. You could tell that. But if the LPGA hasn't detected it and she signs the card and they accept it, then why also penalize her for that? I, I, not that I necessarily would have totally agreed with a viewer calling it in and her getting a two-shot penalty, but the two-shot penalty would have been more logical than also with assessing an additional two for the incorrect scorecard. It's 749. We'll take a final look at the scoreboard inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. in the p.m. Boy, driving ranges, golf courses starting to get going here. It's fun if you're a golfer until you get out there and realize you're still terrible. No, wait, that's just me. Do you golf or at Mulvey? No, not really. Do you participate in any athletic endeavors? I really like uh, slow pitch oh, cool. when I do. And I like I like hockey. I haven't played on ice in a long time, to be honest. But Are, uh, are you on our uh, Corporate Challenge slow pitch team? No, I would have been, but the, the timing, it, it's all the hours I'd be at work. <laughs> so, What position are you? You strike me as that you'd be a slugger. You'd be a power I, hitter. I, here's the thing. Baseball is a new thing for me, so I'm not very good, but I would like to be a power hitter, so I play first base. You're a participator. That's right. That's good. It's important to be active. I got my first uh, outdoor run of the season in yesterday. I mentioned that to uh, Jeff Merrick. Did about 8K. That was pretty cool. A little windy, but it was fine. Oh, you know what else I did yesterday? 
that I'd never done before, been wanting to do for a while. I went to an escape room. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. We didn't get out in time. Didn't quite solve it. We were close. Didn't quite solve it. Absolutely loved it, though. Been wanting to do one for a while. Very fun. Have you ever done one? I haven't. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I've, I've been told that some of the horror ones... Like, oh, that, that I did just, do a horror, didn't do a horror one. I'd be too scared. Yeah, that's how I feel. So I'd I went have to, to do a, a place called Logic Lock. It's right on Jasper Avenue, 203rd oh, yeah. and 104th. Uh, they have one that's a poltergeist room, and I've seen inside it. There's all like these creepy dolls in it, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that one. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, here's what's going on. The Maple Leafs beat the Sabres 4-2. Detroit and Ottawa are in a shootout, tied 4-4. Montreal is leading Florida 2-1 with seven minutes left in the third period. Curling, men's worlds over at Northlands Coliseum in the third end. Canada leading the United States 3-1. Canada 4-0 so far there. Cam Talbot, the third star of the week in the NHL. Women's World Hockey Championship. It's Canada pounding Russia today 8-0. The Blue Jays lose 3-2 in 11 innings. Mark Trumbo, a walk-off homer in the bottom of the 11th off Jason Grilly. First game of the season there for Toronto. And the uh, NCAA basketball has Gonzaga leading North Carolina 28-21 with four minutes left in the first half. Obviously, the uh, Zags, a smaller conference team who've been uh, really good for, well, 15, 20 years now, trying to win their first national championship. Uh <laughs> Perry says, hey, Reed, if golf fans were wrestling fans, their heads would explode. There was no tag. He hit him with a chair. What's WWE's phone number? <laughs> Who then says, P.S., I actually hate wrestling and I love golf. And Lyle says, hey, Reed, I've been golfing for 35 years. I parred the course both times before the third hole. <laughs> well, it's not exactly how par works, Lyle. <laughs> I know what you're getting at, buddy. Thanks for the text. Thanks to everybody who called and texted tonight. Fun show. NHL not going to the Olympics. I know a lot of you had the uh, opinion on that. Besides Lauren Rubenstein, you heard from Morley Scott and Jeff Merrick. We'll have a one-hour edition of Inside Sports tomorrow. The Oilers broadcast starts with the face-off show at 7. The game against the Kings is at 8.30. Warren Mulvey has been the other voice, the studio producer this evening. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Charles Adler tonight is next. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.